You're listening to Sunny Side Up, a bite-sized podcast that brings you real-world insights that help go-to-market professionals evolve and stay up-to-date on the latest trends. Join us as we share best practices and proven techniques from industry experts and practitioners. Today's episode is made possible by Demand Matrix. Demand Matrix helps you complete your data stack with technographic, intent, and revenue potential data to help you accelerate revenue. Thanks for listening. Hello and welcome to our show. My name is Ajit and I'm very excited today to have Mr. Amit Vesh. He's a global leader and a very passionate marketer, a very well-known face and close to 20 years of experience with marketing. You know, it's always a great feeling when you talk to a like-minded marketer. And of course, when you, we can call him as a good friend too. So I'm super excited to have Amit on the show today. And I'm going to talk about reinventing content marketing. But before we head there, let's talk about, about Amit basically. So Amit comes with an extensive experience with a B2B global technology marketing and management. He's also experienced in building and driving high performance and agile marketing teams to deliver you know, integrated campaigns and stuff. Uh, he's, also, he's also experienced in running uh, you know, marketing programs across commercial, financial services, and public, public sector domains. So what makes special about this discussion today? So all my conversation with him always make me realize you know, that, that he brings a very unique perspective to the go-to marketing uh, strategy that, uh, you know, that delivers successful in marketing programs. So I'm, I'm going to talk to him about many things, but we'll try and stick to our topic. So before we head there, welcome to the show, Amit. Thank you so much, Ajit. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm really get, glad to be here. Yeah. Yeah. It's always a pleasure. You know, I, I, I remember our earlier discussions of when we used to connect and when we were deciding on the topic, basically, how would we really go through? So I, I, I enjoy this discussion. So we will go with the same passion and the zeal that we always love to have. Well, but before that, let me ask you this one stupid question. How is Bangalore? I, 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 I really need to ask the painful traffic, the crazy auto wallas, you know, or you could say the brigade road greenery or even the cuppy, basically. What's your favorite? Where are you heading these days? Are you not? So I would say these days it's pretty peaceful, right? With the whole, um, I would mm-hmm. say, commuting off one of the, uh, you know, to-do list of everyday activity. I think it's much yeah. pleasant, uh, you know, you can hear birds singing, which wow. is very unusual uh, right. in Bangalore. You know, you always hear traffic and honking and all that. But these days, I, I really feel much better. What I like the best about Bangalore, I think, like a lot, many other people, is the climate, right, uh, which is very consistent. Though I've been here for almost now um, close to 20 years, in fact, uh, right. 18 or 20 years, and the climate has changed drastically. Right. I mean, earlier it used to be consistently throughout the year around 26, 28 degrees centigrade, which yeah. now fluctuates a lot. But still, I mean, compared to uh, you know other cities, it's a heaven. So I love it. Perfect. 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 All right. So let's get at to our discussion. So you know, uh, Amit, uh, while we were deciding on the topic, I was I was wondering basically. Uh, 
what's next for content marketing or narrative strategy basically so you know this is my feeling again i'm i'm eager to know more from you so instead of throwing facts statistics and also this comes from your notes that you had shared with me like you know just talking about your numbers basically or something and just putting it across to your audience or your customer doesn't make sense today from a content marketing right i think it's more about creating that brand more thoughtful and memorable so uh, i think i'm going to get excited to talk about this that is reinventing content marketing so why content marketing amit let's start from here so that's a great question ajit uh, why content marketing right and i somehow believe in today's context content marketing is so critical um, you know from a decision making standpoint for any enterprise or you know whether it's b2b customers or a b2c customer and that's primarily because of you know the way i look at four things right so number one is complexity the way uh, problems have become more complex uh, in the digital world uh, that is really really concerning for the buyers it's very difficult to for them to make a decision around uh, you know what to buy what will fit to their solutions and so forth similarly from a solution standpoint uh, the kind of solutions which are in the market offered by whether b2b or b2c uh uh vendors it's pretty complex now look at uh you know i've been i've spent all my life in b2b so uh, b2b solutions definitely you know for everybody to know it's pretty complex right the id solutions a lot of times are very complex and that's why it's very complex to explain the solutions as well uh on the other hand if you look at b2c even today if i want to buy something simple i do research on 10 different sites and look at you know what are the top uh, products in this uh, area what are you know, how they compare with each others what are the specifications i look at everything else so it's pretty complicated that's number one second is the changing buyer behavior today the buyers really want to be in control uh, they uh, and you know i i tried back to a little bit psychological aspect of it as well is that nobody likes to be told what to do people like to make their own decisions and that's why the buyer behavior has changed they really uh, you know the buyers want to do their own research both ways they want to first understand their own problem and then try to find solution that matches it and you know there are many stats around it one says you know 70% of the buyer journey is already completed even before talking to a sales person so uh, you know that whole behavior has changed from a market standpoint uh, the market has become really crowded uh even for a simple thing you'll have a lot of options to choose from and even from within one particular vendor there'll be like multiple options to choose from right it becomes very confusing and tough for a buyer the last one is more about the trust factor uh it's there are so many messages out there which uh, from a buyer's point standpoint it's very difficult to trust or uh, you know have faith on and then spend uh, that kind of a money and from a b2b scenario standpoint you need to justify internally a lot right um from, you need to prepare a business case and so forth uh, you need to get a buy in internally externally so it's really difficult to bet on a particular solution and trust just by you know uh, something that the vendor is talking about so lack Absolutely. of trust now lastly which i would say uh, you know more contextual in terms of uh, what we seen what you've seen last year it's still going on the whole pandemic right and if you look at pandemic which 
everybody, you know, literally grounded everybody, right? And uh, not a lot of physical events were happening or not a lot of physical communication happening between a buyer or a seller. Uh, it made it really tough uh, for, uh, you know, buyers to really find out the solution. That was one of the, uh, I would say, uh, trigger factor for the importance of content marketing, right? There are a few stats if you look at, um, uh, you know, from, from the CMI Institute, which really speaks to that fact is that, in fact, 95, 94% of B2B buyers changed their content marketing strategy, right, in, in the era of pandemic. So all these really speaks to the importance of content marketing and why content marketing. Absolutely. I, I think I couldn't agree more to this, basically. And what a nice way that you have put it, basically. Uh, love those great points. Complexity of the solutions, the changing by, buyer behavior, and of course, the stats that you just mentioned. I personally, as a marketer uh, of working for a very uh, company called Demand Metrics, has definitely gone through this journey. And it was very difficult time frame. How would you really accommodate? So yeah, that's great to know about this. And what you just said makes sense. That comes to my second question for you then is what makes you so passionate about this topic? Um, so <laughs> so um, a couple of things I would say, right? Yeah. And um, number one is more about, or maybe, you know, I'll step back a little bit and then I will talk about what makes me passionate about it. Sure. It's uh, And it's coming from the fact that, uh, you know, what exactly is content marketing, which is, uh, in simple terms, and I'll give you two views, right? One is more that you would have heard, and there are a lot of definitions of content marketing, right? Uh, one of them is, you know, creating content or distributing it uh, and to really engage and attract a customer in simple terms. Uh, the other way that I see, um, if you look at the overall buyer cycle, right, whether it's three phase awareness, consideration or decision, or, uh, you know, a little bit more extended phase, which is awareness, interest, consideration, evaluation and decision, right? Either way, whatever you look at it, from one phase to the other, when a customer is traveling, right, across their buyer journey, there are triggers that happens, which you would have heard of as moments of truth. In simple terms, content marketing is actually truly about seizing those moments of truth, isn't it? Right, and in very simple terms, and you really take them through their buyer journey. Yeah. But now, um, you know, the way I have been started looking at content marketing, interestingly, uh, you know, is also more moving beyond moments of truth, right? Which is really about educating the customers and to, a, if I again move a little bit, you know, towards the philosophical element of it, it's really helping the buyers. And I'm literally saying helping because you and I know when we try to buy something, the pain that we go through right? It's a rigorous process. And from a B2B standpoint, it's even more rigorous, uh, that process of really identifying a vendor and partnering with it when there is so much of money at stake. So it's really about helping these struggling. I mean, the buyers are really struggling with making a decision, right? And that's when uh, content marketing come in, comes into picture and really helps them educate, empower them with the right information right, uh, which can help then potentially solve the problem. And um, so if you ask me in very simple term, layman language, content marketing is all about building relationships. Because 
and building trust. Because until and unless you have that relationship and trust, nobody is going to buy from you. So the way I look at this is, uh, you know, when you are uh, talking about content marketing or making an emotional connect with your customer, the number one thing that you have to do is to leave apart the selling mindset. Forget about your product. First of all, I mean, my, you know, honest advice, forget about your product. First, really try to speak, you know, to the customer's problem that you perceive. And then you can always, you know, cross-verify in your conversations or, you know, the way you interact and engage. But your content really to sh should speak about the challenges and what is the uh, what is your opinion about the ideal solution, right? It should speak to that. And that's what, you know, uh, makes me much more passionate about content marketing than any other factor, which is really about building that relationship and emotional connect with the customer which you cannot do if you are focusing on selling. So it's not about selling. Content marketing is not about selling. You really need to make that emotional connect and have that you know relationship built up. And that doesn't happen overnight. It happens over a really extended period of time. Absolutely. So I know I you know went a lot around, but I think I really wanted to explain why it's passionate to me uh, you know, and this is the reason because that's the core element of content marketing that it can change perceptions, it can change behaviors, and when I say changing behaviors, is you know when you're you know, when you're speaking to customer problems, you can really, if you're honest, you'll really try to bring out what are their core root causes around those problems, and address or hit those problems versus you know trying to sell your product. Bang on, bang on. Absolutely right. I think uh, very well uh, thoughtfully said about all these things. And I think uh, if I want to talk about my experience over here, we recently did a same, what you just said, a narrative strategy exercise just to make sure what will that messaging would relate? How would we build that trust with our customer? Is that something okay. uh, uh, even to the, you know, the value prop that we are talking about? So wow i think so i think a curiosity mind question that comes to me is there something like a framework or is there some kind of a methodology that you would like to talk about or share you know in in general about when you're doing this because this is the changing times that we see right now so do you want to talk about something a quick thoughts that you would love to share over here yep of course uh, so i am a fan of frameworks if you ask me fantastic fantastic <laughs> specifically from a, a storytelling standpoint yeah um uh, and i'll you know before even i get to that uh, there's a caveat right and uh, if you ask me i'm very very much a process oriented and a framework oriented person but at the same time what everybody needs to also realize is frameworks and processes are in place to achieve an objective but you should never overdo it so you know i just wanted to quote this as a disclaimer before I get into frameworks because uh, you know if sometimes if you try to adhere to a framework or a process to the T it doesn't work you know it process and framework are you know to, for us to enable us to really get the right outcome not the process itself right you and there is a uh, you know one of my friend really talks about this about process paralysis and this applies to framework as well because framework is nothing but a you know a, a process that you're going to follow 
And right. here we are talking about for creating a messaging. So now, uh, you know, if you look at, there are many, many frameworks uh, for storytelling, uh, right from hero storytelling to, you know, there are three act storytelling, which really delves about, uh, you know, a setup, confrontation, resolution, or it could be a five act uh, kind of a framework, which speaks to, uh, you know, which gives the background and, you know, a rising action or a climax and, a, you know, falling action and a resolution. I will not go into, you know, speak about all of these, but I two frameworks I really like. Uh, which I've used all through uh, my life, I would say, or my professional life. Uh, I'm going to deep dive a little bit on that. But before that, right, um, even if you look at all of these frameworks that I just spoke about, hero storytelling and everything, the core factor and which also, again, you know, I'm, I'm going to tie back to uh, more of a philosophical aspect to this or, um, uh, you know, something which is more a softer aspect. As human beings, we don't like, uh, you know, anything as a status quo or a straight line. And that's why I think everybody likes roller coasters, right? <laughs> and that's why your storytelling should always be like a, store, uh, a roller coaster. It should have an up, it should have a down. It's like a sine curve. If you have, and that's why, you know, if you have, a, if you look at people giving, uh, you know, uh, people who give really successful speeches, their speeches are always a sine curve and there's been some research also done which really maps the all it's you know from a textual analytics or you know ai standpoint over a period of time when they spoke the emotions were you know up and down so it's also like a sine curve and those kinds of stories which uh, have those you know ups and downs resonates the most or you know if i don't say resonate it engages the audience the most right resonate part comes later and that's what you will see as a common thread across these two um, frameworks that I'm going to talk about. Uh, number one, and uh, you know, obviously these are all copyrighted framework. So I'm going to quote that it's a it's a corporate visions framework, and I love it. It's very detailed, very comprehensive. Um, what they talk about is really about uh, you know a framework for each of the stage of the buyer journey. So you know they have a why change framework which really speaks to uh, the, you know, why a customer should look for a change. Because if you, uh, you know, from a story storytelling standpoint, it's fine. I mean, there is an ups and down, but everybody, you know, always tries to, at least at the first attempt, resist change. So everybody likes to have status quo, right? Because change comes with a cost, right? Always change comes with a cost. And then um, the whole why change uh, framework speaks to that and basically you know and it speaks to like three or four things so i'm going to overview give an overview of that first which is why change uh why evolve why stay um why expand so it's basically you know if it's a new customer that you're trying to attract it talks about why they should change right okay and uh if you want to change why you why you should change with me, right? Because you are the vendor who is pitching for a solution right. or talking about it. Why change? Why you? And if it's more for an existing customer, right? When you're speaking to an existing customer, it's more why uh, evolve or why stay, right? Evolve is more why expand kind of a conversation. True. Or, um, uh, you know, why stay is why you should really continue to stay with us. 
So there are messaging all for, uh, you know, these kinds of um, conversations that you would like to have with your prospects or existing customers. So it's pretty com comprehensive. Uh, but the three key elements of all of these, right, is when you're creating the messages, it's about uh, contest, uh, context, contrast, and concrete. That's how, you know, CVI kind of speaks to it. Okay. Contrast, you know, straightforward. Uh, if it is, you know, I'm giving an example of um, a why change, right? For you to be able to convince someone, you'll have to show what is the, what happens if you stay at the same place? What is the cost of status quo? Right. And then what is the and, and if you move or if you change, what is the benefit when you move from, you know, status quo to a change? And that's what you need to articulate. That's the contrast. You need to contrast status quo versus, uh, you know, the change state. Okay. Similarly for other, but uh, the three key elements is context. Context really makes it uh, situational uh, or, uh, you know, really speaks to what is the current situation that the customer or the buyer is going through. And more importantly, which I really like about this framework is um, it's it's a lot more scientific. It speaks about two parts of the brain, right? One is your emotional part, which is more instinctive, right? It reacts fast. Um, it's more, uh, you know, responsible for our survival versus the other one, which is more analytical, right? It thinks, uh, you know, analyzes and then takes the decision. But, uh, you know, there have been um, research around it. Uh, with CVI also quotes is, you know, most of the decisions are made by the emotional side of the brain. Okay. The analytical brain explains, uh, you know, why that decision is right, but the decision is made by the emotional part. Now, why was, you know, talking about this is if you look at context, contrast and concrete, context really speaks to the emotional brain. And if you look at the traditional marketing uh, uh, content, right, it normally directly tries to speak to analytical brain which is not fast right and it takes time to grasp so first what you need to do is to speak to the um, the emotional side of the brain and then move to analytical side if you speak directly to analytical side it'll, it'll put it off so uh, that's pretty interesting the other uh, model that i've you know i've used for a long time is um, by mandel uh, communications uh, it's uh, CYPAP, situation, complication, implication, uh, proposal or position, action and benefit. Yep. Um, now, you know, as I was telling that, you know, all of these framework have certain level of similarities because the end objective of all the framework is to take uh, your audience through that sign curve, right? Yep. Um, and that's why if you, even if you look at uh, CYPAP, which where situation, we really speak about uh, maybe, uh, you know, what are the circumstances that your customer is going through right now? You speak to that, whether it's about, uh, you know, business, uh, the changes in the business environment or, you know, technology environment changes, or is there the industry itself is changing or, you know, what are the key business drivers? So you speak to, you know, what is the situation relevant to what you're talking, going to talk about? And then you speak about the complication, which is, uh, you know, some of the critical issues that might come up because of those circumstances that you've spoken in situation section. So you talk about, you know, what is their circumstances? You, because of that, what is the complication arriving uh, or, you know, what is the complication um, that they are going to face? They may or may not be aware of those complications, right? But you speak to that. 
and uh, you know this could be you know some of the changes or pressure because of competition or maybe a changing economic environment or you know some of the demands from customers and so forth so some complications that coming in now you really talk about what is the implication of uh, you know this situation and complication arriving what is the uh, what does this mean to them you know what could be a consequence of this complication which you know you can quantify as well right and then you finally uh, talk about and this is when i say position or proposal it's not about your offering hmm. in this whole format if you look at cypeb you are not talking about um, your offering uh, until you know you tie in a little bit around the action part but before that you are not talking about your offering at all so the proposal that you're talking about is more about uh, you know what is the ideal solution what is your opinion about an ideal solution to manage this implication right that they are facing or they are going to face god god and once that's clear right uh, that's when you talk about what is the action that they should take not you as a vendor but what the customer should take okay um you know to to address that problem and you really speak from that point of view and that brings in a lot of you phrasing as well right you really don't talk about uh you know as a vendor you are going to do something it's about something that they are going to do right or they are it's their action after all to address their solution uh, from a vendor standpoint you're going to be a partner and enabler to do that but it's they who have to do it and then finally you know you talk about the benefit and differentiation of how your solution is different so those were the two uh, ajit i really love uh, the frameworks that uh, you know i just spoke about uh, very tangible but at the same time you know as i mentioned earlier uh, these are all framework to guide you to create a right message um, you could always tweak it don't follow it to the t yeah okay no i think those were definitely insightful and i think there's more to talk about it for sure the next question that i would have amit for you is uh, what are you driving or you know uh, what should be you know done differently in this space i know you spoke way good about the framework but if you could add more things to it i would really like to know how how should we make this different or how should we do it different yep of course and uh, you know i would kind of continue from what we were talking about earlier right which is more about framework so uh, i've been really driving messaging aligned to those framework and also a certain more aspects that i'm going to talk about now uh, but the bottom line is uh, the whole objective of doing this is with a single intent to really help our uh, prospects and buyers make the right decision right so that's i think i believe is the crusc uh, you know crux of this point i mean the whole uh, uh, i would say content marketing initiative and that's what i uh, try to drive towards uh, having said that right to really help them enable uh, make the right decision you, you, you some of the things that i drive you know number one is a lot of research around um, understanding your customers because even before you write and i think this is the most time consuming and effort intensive task uh, when it comes to content writing is to really understand your target audience right only then you can speak to them or speak their language i would say and 
uh, that involves really understanding the kind of personas that they are going to you're going to speak to and uh, you know some of the personas that you know we look at and i you know personally uh, focus on is looking at the executive buyer or the functional buyer right there are different buyer personas in the organization one is executive or functional uh, it could be a line of business head or uh, you know could be the head of that function the function is going to use that solution you really need to understand that executive buyer or a functional buyer the next is the technical buyer you really need to um, um, you know speak and and all of these these are three personas that i'm going to talk about functional technical and economic and each of these values different aspects right and you need to speak to those aspects to just to give you an example right a technical buyer will more uh, focus on uh, you know the customer or the infrastructure or the cost associated with it or uh, you know innovation or you know even security considering cybersecurity is a key element for any technology um, you know purchase security is a key element so these are some of the parameters for which a technical buyer will value so you need to really understand those parameters and what really resonates to that particular buyer within those uh, personas and then for economic buyer it could be you know the kind of language that you need to use is more around cost revenue profitability and things like that right because that's what they understand so you need to speak their language uh, for functional buyer it could be uh, you know a lot of other factors whether it's uh, you know a business or economic situation a regulatory environment and things like that um, and more you know from an end user standpoint features and, and everything else okay so you need to classify that you need to uh, have those content that they are going to create and messaging aligned to each of the industries that you are going to target every industry is very unique and different uh, you need to really understand what are the challenges that we are facing, what are the market dynamics. So a lot of research goes into it. And that's what, you know, I personally feel uh, we should invest a lot of time in really getting that uh, foundation for your content, uh, you know, pretty strong. And then, uh, and it's not a, you know, it's not a one-time job. You need to keep revising it as well. And uh, that's that's really critical. Um, on the other hand, uh, you know, if you look at um, uh, from a performance measurement st standpoint, uh, at the end of the day, you know, uh, you know, I'm saying that the core objective is to, um, you know, really enable buyers to make a decision. But at the end of time, you know, all the effort that we do must tie to, you know, some tangible outcome. So really important to track the content metrics. And if you look at, uh, you know, from a business standpoint, it could be very high level awareness uh, metrics or how you really um, um, uh, drive uh, engagement uh, and then finally conversion in each of the stage, right? So what I try to look at, uh, and in, in fact, I had done a session earlier on this with NASCOM, uh, which was more around building a content and i had called it a balanced content powerhouse okay. which really uh, talks about that when you're creating this content mix uh, for your target audience it should be balanced across the buyer journey right so you should have really a good amount of collateral for awareness uh, phase and a consideration phase and the decision phase 
right? And each of these, more importantly, I would say to help the buyer move across these, each of these content should have some kind of a trigger which can lead them to the next phase, right? Understood. And uh, that kind of, you know, speaks to the way and today, you know, from a technology stack standpoint, um, there is a there are a lot of options available which really enables you to track a movement of your customer from one phase to the other. So all that is feasible today. Uh, I would say it's still more easier, uh, much more easier for B two C. You know, because a lot of engagement is online. B two B, it still may not be there, but you know we are getting there with the whole technology stack coming into picture. So you really need to balance the content across uh, the phases. A lot of times it happens that you know you're producing one set of content um, and it becomes a little bit unbalanced, right? It's and you really don't see customers flowing through the funnel. So that's really important. Uh, in fact, uh, if you ask me, some of the um, um, numbers around you know I was reading one of the recent CMI survey and uh, which really speaks to what are the top three uh, metrics, you know, from a business standpoint, not the tactical one, but more from business standpoint that really uh, uh, matters or what B2B marketers are tracking are, you know, creating brand awareness or credibility and trust, which we just spoke about right at the beginning of this whole conversation. And uh, in fact, the numbers are pretty impressive. 87%, you know, were tracking uh, brand awareness as a, you know, business goal, and they achieved it as well, right? And 81% uh, successfully built credibility or trust, uh, you know, as per that survey. And 79% uh, successfully educated their target audience. So pretty impressive, right? And all through content marketing. Exactly. Uh, Looking at, so those were some of the business goals that, you know, B2B marketers achieved. And this was last year. So this is COVID, right? This is a a 2020, uh, survey result data uh, by CMI. So it's pretty impressive. I was, I was really uh, excited and thrilled to see that. And it all happened in the in the whole pandemic period, right? Which is still kind of continuing. Uh, on a tactical side, right? Some of the tactical metrics, and I'm just going to talk about top five, uh, mm-hmm. which B2B marketers are tracking is, is number one, 90% is uh, website traffic, right? Okay. Tactical, but still important, right? You need to... Mm-hmm track your content metrics, um, email engagement, 86%, uh, website engagement, 84%. Wow. Conversions. And when I say conversion, it's more, you know, conversion to uh, leads or, you know, uh, conversion to subscriber. I mean, somebody comes to your site and subscribes. Uh, similarly, 76% social media metrics. So uh, pretty impressive, right? That's, that's, and it's good the way it's going. Um, so I felt, you know, uh, and we have been doing that a lot, you know, from whether it's through Google Analytics or, uh, you know, tracking social media metrics through some of the platforms available, like Sprout, Sprout Social and things like that. Okay. Um, my advice, you know, to people is to really, uh, and B2B marketers is to really look at, uh, first of all, you know, your internal technology stack when it comes to marketing measurement. Mm-hmm. Look at your internal technology stack and try to leverage as much as you can, uh, you know. And on the other hand, if you look at uh, some of the content marketing and management platforms, and uh, these, you know, if you look at as defined by Gartner, it's something that um, 
can really help you ideate or create content and then publish or create the actual produce the collaterals right so one is the copy part of the collateral the other is the production part of it and then the distribution part of it and then the data analytics and measurement right uh, to improve uh, your content and have that feedback loop in so that you can continuously improve uh, the content that you're producing fantastic yeah so um uh, it's, it's really important to use that and then uh, you know um from a, a technology stack standpoint um it's always good to have uh, you know a complete end-to-end -end content marketing platform but that may not happen all the time right so you need to be innovative and creative to leverage what we have and then uh, you know apply it uh, so you you need to be really creative uh, to do that but it's it's really important to measure um, yeah. you know at the end of the year true i think creative the word that you gave definitely makes a lot of impact when you're doing content marketing strategy being creative all right i think there were some great thoughts and great keywords uh, that definitely i took out of it and i'm sure the listeners would love to take that so uh, this is, has been a great conversation but yeah i i, I think somewhere I need to slow down, and uh, because of the format of the uh, the structure that we have for our podcast. Well, uh, before I let you go, what's what does the future plan look like, or do you want to share some last quick, quick final thoughts about uh, your experience or any anything that you would like to talk about? Uh, no, I think a lot I kind of already spoke to, but uh, you know, from a future standpoint, considering uh, you know the new normal. I would say that everybody is experiencing and I believe it's not going to go. And, um, you know, in fact, the survey that I was just referring to, right, right. Um, really speaks to that, that, you know, during the pandemic, the B2B marketers really changed their content strategy. And if I remember correctly, around 66% made uh, changes which were long term. So not really specific to the pandemic era but more, you know, going forward. So I think uh, marketing and, you know, has really changed a lot. Um, you know, everything has changed and I think marketing is not untouched. And uh, the way you saw everything move to virtual in the past one year and uh, both from marketing and sales standpoint as well, right? Sales didn't have uh, an opportunity or freedom to really have those face-to-face -face conversation but virtual face-to-face, -face, I would say. And that's where I believe, you know, from a content marketing standpoint, there is a huge opportunity for B2B marketers to really utilize uh, core concept. And uh, as I, you know, I keep reiterating it, the core ideology uh, of content marketing is to really help enable your buyers make the right decision, right? I think that's your whole objective should be and everything should be based on that. So I think I would leave with that. Uh, my plan for future is to continue doing that. We really help, um, you know, uh, because I know and we all experience in one way or the other, the struggle that we go through when we are trying to solve problems, you know, whether it's business or it's even from a, you know, personal requirements front, you always struggle with solving problems and it's always good uh, to, you know, help enable people overcome that, right? And um, really help them make the right decision. So I see B2B marketers or any marketers to do that, you know, in future as well. 
absolutely absolutely that's a great thought thank you so much and i think it was a great conversation and uh, loved all the things that you shared with us when it comes to the content marketing uh, i personally would like to implement couple of those and would like to learn more uh, definitely uh, would you like to leave a, a note where how could people can come back and get in touch with you maybe linkedin could be the best way what do you suggest yep absolutely i am uh, kind of a fan of linkedin from that standpoint uh, it's um, it's a great platform to connect and uh, you know i use it pretty uh, frequently so yes you're right ajit uh, linkedin is the best mode of communication right now to connect with me and i'm very happy to uh, connect with uh, you know anybody uh, you know based on this conversation or anything related yeah. to marketing or content marketing somebody wants to connect to me and talk about uh as i said and as you know ajit very well uh we have been talking about this i am very much passionate about this uh area and would love to anytime have a discussion with anyone so happy to connect yeah yeah absolutely so great one more time thank you so much it was really great to have you on the show okay i enjoyed the conversation and of course i'm going to look forward to more such conversations and with maybe we continue with the same topic or add more flavors to it because as we see a change the change what you are realizing and going to implement we can take some more experience from you on this too all right thank you so much and have a good day same here thank you ajit have a good day bye bye thanks for joining us on this episode of sunny side up if you like what you heard please subscribe rate and review us and share these insights with your peers